I'm Cam. I'm Casey. And we would be hanging out a lot this summer. But are unfortunately separated by quarantine. He's in Maryland. And he's in New Mexico. So we figured we'd start planning the road trip now. Every week we'll pitch a song to create the perfect road trip playlist. And probably veer off topic quite a bit. So this is... Cam and Casey across the country. <laughs> What's the theme this week? Oh, the, theme. the theme is workout music. These yeah, dog. Songs that go hard. These are songs that pump you up. These are songs that get you ready to lift weight. And if you don't work out, then it's just music that gets you pumped up and excited about the day. So Yeah, because this is the first uh, first hour of the day, day two. Yep, this is day two. We're heading out of the hotel, presumably fresh out of a Denny's. Um, <laughs> fresh to, out of a Joe Bangles. About to start off on a, the second half of this adventure. Cool, so cool. What's your song? Workout songs. And I thought, who better to raise the initial energy levels than my man's Denzel Curry. Yeah, cool, cool. We're bringing him out. Um, kind of surprising I haven't had him on the podcast yet. Actually, I don't think I've wrecked a uh, a Denzel Curry song. And there's a ton that work for this episode. Almost any of his songs actually would have worked, but the one I decided to go with for this episode is called Birds off of his album Zoo. Nice. I, I dig it. I love this song. Fantastic for working out, too, but also fantastic for driving, too. Right. I mentioned that there's a lot of crossover, I feel like, between those two for, like, a road trip situation or even just, like, if you're out on the highway driving. You know, like, this kind of music is so fun to, like, have the windows rolled down. you got, like, wind blasting your face. You're going way over the speed limit. Whoa. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but um, Not a problem. You know, like, these are the kind of, like, songs that you know they make you feel like you're in like fast and furious or something like that you know and this kind of song especially where it's very grimy but not like in the british grime sense like grimy like dirty like it's very rough around the edges um and i love that sound and denzel curry is very good at creating that sound and rapping on that sound yeah this whole album is kind of like that definitely yeah the all of zoo and like i said like taboo same thing like almost any song from taboo would work and any song from unlocked um his collaboration with kenny beats would also work but i feel like birds hits the hardest it's the loudest dirtiest rawest song on the album i think yeah you're a big curry fan what would you say uh what would you say resonates with you most because he's a mainstream artist kind of but like not a lot mm-hmm. of people who aren't rap fans really know who he is or like know any specific songs so what do you think stands out to you the most about curry he's a per- he's a perfect middle ground between not sounding like too much like an a, like a proper rapper like unknown p riding round in a rover if i see opson is over i'll send man straight to jehovah when i take shots like m sharpova but not like a bad rapper like six nine are you dumb like he's sure. like a good rapper that sounds different. It's always just kind of clicked with me. I think because of my history of like loving like EDM type beats and like the big thumpy bass hits and that kind of stuff that Denzel exceedingly uses throughout his music. And there aren't many, he doesn't deviate from that very much. Like he's very consistent with the beats he uses and the sound he has. Um, and the sound he has just so happens to fit right into that niche of music that I've loved for the longest time. 
Yeah, Denzel is a really good example of an artist that like really wears musical influences on their sleeve, but is really creative about it. Like it's not like legitimately biting somebody else, but like takes hip hop and rap like as a genre as it's progressed, I think is one of those genres that is most like transparent about being influenced by so many other genres. Cause like in this song alone, like you can really tell the influences between like heavy metal and punk rock and just rock in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And I like how, cause every genre forever has been influenced by something else, but a lot of them are deviate so much that it's hard to really say like where the influences come from. But I like how rap, at least as its iteration today, has really taken from so many other versions of hip hop, but then also like other genres and isn't ashamed to like really put it out there. Like this is basically a punk rock trap beat. A hundred percent. And I think Denzel is just a really good example of like blending genres, but having a very distinct sound still over that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to me that it, I don't know if it still is his most popular, but certainly the song that kind of put him on the map, I don't think is one of his best. Um, Ultimate was kind of a meme song. I totally forget that's him. Crazy. Right. And it's so weird to like hear that song, which is pretty early on in his career compared to the stuff he does on like Unlocked. Because to me, he has excelled and improved miles beyond what he's capable of on Ultimate. Yeah, that was a, we we do talk about TikTok songs a lot. That song got big on Vine, I think, right? Isn't that kind of what put that one on the map? It's a huge Vine song. Because that's the one that was used with all like the bottle flips and stuff. Right. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I think that Denzel, like, well, I think rap in general now, I mean, it's sort of like punctuated in Rockstar by Post Malone that it's like rappers are kind of the new epitome of Rockstar Mm -hmm. and like going against the status quo and and teenage rebellion. Um, And so it's kind of because that wasn't always the case necessarily. Like for a long time, I feel like hip hop kind of spoke to a very specific African-American experience. And now it's just such a diverse landscape within the genre that it's sort of inevitable um, that it would move towards sort of a rock, punk rock sound um, because that's just the way that like the big creators, like artists in the genre are reflected just in pop culture anyway, um, which I think is super, super cool. And so I like that that is like reflective in how, in how the sound is changing too. Yeah. And I mean, the rise of popular artists like Lil Nas X, who are crossing like country music and rap. Yeah. Like, rap has become so popular and so large in of itself that there are bits and pieces of it that are kind of intertwining with other genres. And I think that the the kind of pop punk interaction started a while ago. Um, Ultimate is a good example of that. But like Old Town Road was crazy when that came out that only came out like what a year a year and a half ago yeah I think and people so. were blown away it was this it was for many i think the first time ever hearing a rap country crossover uh-huh and i think it's really cool because it, it gives rap different distinguished sounds based on what it's crossing over with and when it's not crossing with over anything rap by itself sounds very different than rap and punk or rap and country yeah, I love how diverse the rap landscape is now. And I mean, because the fact that like every genre of music has gone through different iterations and like if it was the most popular, it definitely is going to be a lot more diverse. But I'm not the authority of this. Like I'm not a music historian at all. <laughs> but I feel like if you look back on a lot of like 
like comparatively like rock as a genre was the biggest one. It was sort of like really popular among young people, um, was a completely different sound than a lot of other genres. I feel like the diversity in rock kind of came from whatever mood it was. So like, it could be like really moody. It could be really happy and upbeat. It could be really dark, mm-hmm. edgy, um, really sad. And so I feel like that's where a lot of the diversity came in and maybe lyrically too, of course, but then rap now has that, but it also has the ability since it's realistically just a type of singing. Like it's not even necessarily like a genre. If you really think about it, like get down to it. It's just a style of speech. You can kind of blend it into any genre and any mood. So it just like adds to the amount of combinations that you can have, which I think is really awesome and sets it apart from a lot of other like very popular genres of their time. And speaking of which, ooh, voice crack. <coughs> nice approach. Uh, speaking of which, um, my next song is a similar combination of uh, punk rock and oh, awesome, uh, and rap. And so this one was a uh, was Zoo produced by Kenny Beats at all? Zoo was not the only uh, project they've kind of collaborated on was Unlocked. I think maybe a few singles they've worked together on. Okay. Unlocked was the only project with Kenny. I don't remember who Zoo was produced by. Because I know that that's a, a producer that we both are a big fan of who works with a lot of artists that we like. And so this one is produced by Kenny Beats. Um, it's also one of my... For a while, I didn't think she was one of my favorite up-and-coming artists. At this point, she's really not up-and-coming. She's fairly popular. I would put her in the same mm-hmm. same lane as uh, Denzel Curry, probably. But yeah, this one is uh, Smack a Bitch by Rico Nasty. Yeah! Don't worry about a bitch you never been in your place. Always moving silence, never question your face. Always checking on your niggas, gotta make sure they straight. If I'm getting money, then you know we all gotta play. Since a baby and a tummy, mama knew I was great. This song initially I didn't like all that much because it's kind like this has been the case for a lot of early Rico Nasty stuff and a lot of like DMV style rap anyway. It's like kind of offbeat or it's like kind of on the offbeat. Like it's not really as aesthetically pleasing on like a first listen, but Mm -hmm. I watched a video um, of Kenny explaining how he started to produce this song and Rico straight up asked the producers in the room and him in particular, can you do punk rock? Like, can you do punk? So it's a pretty blatant idea of like, I want to do a different genre that is not, done as often because still punk rock is i think now it's in it's in hip-hop a lot more but for a long time it was kind of underground i also think as far as like a workout song goes this is the epitome of it's funny that it's a female rapper because it's like the epitome of testosterone violence driven (laughs) um like it's the kind of thing it's the kind of like really intense masculine uh workout song where it's like i'm lifting weights i'll kill you which is something that like as far as that sort of idea goes it's the only time i'm really willing to let myself indulge in those feelings is working out because it's not really harming anybody right yeah it's a good outlet i also feel like I also feel like it's pretty easy for me to turn that off. Like, I feel like that's just personally, it's something that I've like most of the time never been in situations where I really feel like I can't control it. Um, and particularly like in the gym, I can kind of keep that in my head. But then if somebody's like, 
like talks to me, I'm not going to be in that. Like I, I can turn that off really right, relatively yeah, of easily. Um, but this is a fun song to kind of indulge in that feeling for like a workout song. And it's also just like such a silly, intense song. I love it. I think this is a fantastic song. It's great. I love, I mean, I know that this song, you know, this is a Rico nasty song, but I'm a deviate a little bit and just talk about Kenny beats. Cause I love Kenny beats. Uh-huh. Um, I, really started getting more into his music um after getting into the cave shout out to jb uh, for showing me that the cave is fantastic yeah but i love that he doesn't like he can do projects like anger management and have a distinct sound for rico nasty and he can have a distinct sound for denzel Kerr with unlocked and he can have a distinct sound for key on 777 because a lot of producers don't they kind of have a distinct sound that as soon as you start listening to a beat, you're like, okay, I know exactly who this is. Yeah. But Kenny can go back and forth. He can do just a straight up rap album if he wants, or he can produce a full-fledged punk rap album. Yeah, I think that, like, I mean, that kind of goes along with the diversity of the genre. I think that's the way that music and musicians and producers are gonna have to go to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always been the case that, like, when there's an oversaturation of things, people have to be really versatile. But in a genre that is like so big and also still growing rapidly as hip hop and rap, producers in particular, but then also artists, I think this is something that um, Rico actually falls into pretty well, um, are going to have to be really versatile to stay relevant. So like the thing that I really like about Rico Nasty is that early on in her career when she was fairly underground, I didn't like her music as much because it was kind of that offbeat, very abrasive sound. And this is sort of the most mainstream version of that. So like kind of the most palatable version of it. And then she kind of reflects on that and critiques it in uh, Anger Management, which I think is a highly, highly underrated album um, because of how reflective oh, yeah. it is. And then a lot of her more recent songs have been a lot like comparatively, of course, to her her other stuff have been a lot softer. And so I just like that whether it be a producer or an artist, I mean, every episode we bring up the versatility of Kanye and Taylor, <laughs> uh, like, co- like reinventing their sound. And that's why they've stayed relevant for so long. And I think for there's sure. a lot of newer artists who are kind of internet grown, who I think have grown up with artists doing that so often and like so consistently who are still in the mainstream because i don't know this is again like not not a music historian here but like 80s 90s 2000s there weren't a lot of i think people who like stayed relevant for all that long like the one who i can think of the most like reinventing themselves so often is the beatles for 10 years but after 1969 like they weren't making music anymore they weren't really relevant Mm -hmm. Right. And then I feel like there was a period of such rapid change where um, other than, I don't know, the big stars like Michael Jackson, probably David Bowie, um, Prince, like to an extent, there isn't a lot of artists who really, really reinvent themselves until I feel like now. um, And it'll pay off for some people. So like Taylor Swift or Kanye West, but then for some people, um, you can tell that they're not nearly as suited for the specific genre that they're doing. Like, I feel like I, I think of Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. She had a country album, and she's a phenomenal singer, but her she's almost more suited for jazz. She had a jazz album that was fairly good, um, and I didn't listen to the country album like all that intensely, but 
her newer album is like very similar to her early stuff. And I still feel like it's not all that relevant of an album, like for that long of a period of time, maybe that's tone deaf, but (laughs) I don't know. I just like how, how there's a lot of artists growing up now with seeing artists who change and are so versatile. So you can see that happening with, with newer artists who will inevitably stay relevant. And the ones who don't do that and don't pivot, um, in a unique, genuine way are probably going to fall by the wayside. Yeah, it's kind of an expectation now for new and upcoming artists that you have to be versatile. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. I think one of the biggest critiques of music and projects in general right now is how similar it sounds to old projects and whether or not an artist is growing or changing their sound or if they're just kind of like holding true and, and sticking to uh to one way i think that's one of the biggest complaints with artists like t-pain i think Uh recently he's gotten a lot of flack because he he does have a very distinct sound of his own but unfortunately for him he's been doing it for so long that i think people are kind of getting sick of it a little bit and i hate to say that because i I like a lot of t-pain's music but i think people are kind of expecting something new and something different than what we all know to be t-pain music I don't. I don't want to like just sit here and criticize artists that I yeah, really have no like, uh, like <laughs> qualifications to do that. But as an example, I feel like if you look at somebody like Justin Timberlake, who really rose to fame in like the late '90s and then as a solo career pivoted um, and did something that seemed very genuine to him, the first like three albums of his career, um, like Future Sex Love Love Sounds, Future Sex Love Sounds and then compare that to like 2020 experience, it's a fairly similar sound. Like it's not all that different. Mm -hmm. And so he's not necessarily an artist who grew up listening to artists who would change so quickly. And so then when he did pivot recently and made a country folk trap album, it was (laughs) not very good or not received very well. And now I think it is kind of an expectation. Like somebody like Louis Capaldi, I think put out an excellent album but if his next album is just another set of heart-wrenching love ballads, I'm going to be bored. Right. I'm probably not going to like it all that much. Exactly. Um, whereas somebody like Justin Timberlake could put out that type of an – it's a little bit of a different genre, but that type of an album three times, and it'll chart, get on the radio every single time. Exactly. And this goes into my my second song, actually. Um, but Rich Brian, for me, is a perfect example of someone who – started out with one very distinct sound on Amen. He was very trappy. He was very Uh kind of like very stereotypical trap music, I guess. That's essentially what that project was entirely about. And then his second album, Sailor, was very much so not that anymore. It was much more personal. It was a lot more emotional. It was a lot, quote unquote, deeper than Amen was. It wasn't just a bunch of trap bangers. But honestly, I think Amen was received a lot better than Sailor was. I think Sailor is a very popular album. I do think a lot of his fans liked it. But it's just, it it kind of faded out. Like it dropped, people right. listened to it, and then no one talks about it anymore. Sure. But like Amen was, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because I just played it a lot when I was working out. Hence the reason one of the songs, or my second song is one of the songs off Amen. But Amen just seemed to stick around a lot longer. Um, and that could also just be, you know, a coincidence of that being his first album and kind of putting him in the public's eye. But it is interesting to see when artists try to deviate how it's received because it's either received very well and they're known as being a versatile artist who can 
sound good at a a bunch of different genres or it, it kind of tanks them and they're kind of just like oh you know they had they had a good sound and they deviated now they're not as good as they used to be you know it's it's, it's kind of brutal how it can go either way right but without delaying anymore um my second song is occupied by rich brian i don't wear a lot of hats told my team take all of my people to the back i don't need to flex to tell the people where i'm at who i'm with or who i'll see you later where i went all that validation ain't gonna matter in the set go back to the fake rolex put it on and one into the club it's honestly not the most stereotypical workout song but I have such a soft spot for this song and this project in particular because working out is kind of how I started getting into listening to music more because uh-huh. it was just like 30 minutes to an hour of just kind of free time. Like obviously you're working out, but I was working out in an apartment gym that only played ambient instrumental pop songs. Like it wasn't like workout music. And so I was, I kind of had to find my own music to listen to. And within like the first year or so, I started listening to Rich Brian's Amen all the time in the gym. Um, it was uh-huh. one of the first times that I'd like just listened to a project all the way through. Because before that, I was one of those people who just kind of like had favorite songs and would sure. just kind of play, like put it all on shuffle, just kind of let let random choice decide what comes up next. Um, but this was kind of the first time I was invested in an album and I would like only listen to one album when I was working out. And this song, I, I don't know why, but it, I think it must it played every single time. Even though I was only working out for like, you know, maybe a half hour, not able to get through the entire album. I listened to this song almost every damn day I went to work out. Yeah. <laughs> so I have such a association between this song and uh, and working out in that little apartment gym. Yeah, this is a project that I didn't really like initially, and I have not really revisited. For whatever reason, Rich Brian was an artist for a long time that I really wanted to like, but I didn't like nearly as much as everybody else did. And I don't know what what it was. Um, I still don't really know what it is. I think he has a very like staccato way of rapping mm-hmm. that was not something that I was like all that interested in. Like it just didn't really fit with me. Which is why when he came out with his single Yellow for The Sailor, uh, I was like blown away because I like the whole song. I was like, when's Rich Brian going to come in? I was like, when is he going to start? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't actually have all that much to say about this this album. It's like a solid blend of, of uh, trap and, and things like that. But as far as like a topic goes, this kind of is a he's an artist that represents the not just the versatility of rap as a genre, but like the um, positivity around it, the opportunities around it, because he learned mm-hmm. English through rap. Yeah. Um, hey, right. Like how accessible of a genre it is for people who are all around the globe. Um, I know I watched a video recently, Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj, which is a phenomenal show, about how rap has kind of become the genre of protest for a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, which is super fascinating for a for a genre of music that for the longest time was like had such a negative connotation around it now being hailed as like a just like a global positive force i think is awesome and i think rich brian kind of exemplifies that yeah it's great he um no idea what i'm gonna say i'm <laughs> it's okay we, we can uh <laughs> 
yeah, I just really like this song. Um, I love the whole project. Um, it is really fun to drive to and work out to, even though it's not the most stereotypical, you know, upbeat, thumping bass workout banger. But uh-huh. uh, all around solid project. Yeah, there's a couple different songs that I felt like I could have gone with with my next with my final pick. And there's a lot of workout songs that I have, but this one is one that doesn't even really like is not really confined to just working out for me. I think it's just one of my favorite songs in recent memory. I think it's just a very quick, creative song. And I just really like it. So this one is 151 Rum by J.I.D. or Jid. Run, Ricky, run, run, nigga, run, jump, nigga, jump, come, here they come, run, 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 gun with the drum, bum, bitty, bum, slump in the trunk, my city go, dum, 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 151 rum in a blunt, young nigga, num, 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 and he got a little gun, a little bitty killer really doing it for fun, give him a little bitty, he'll get a nigga done, son of a guy, son of a bitch, son of a woman, a man. Oh, boy. Phenomenal. This, yeah, this beat is insane. Um, this is an example of, uh, like really rhythmic staccato rapping that I really like. I think one of the reasons Rich Brian, I didn't like vibe with as much because he's very monotone. So like the staccato rapping just feels very monotonous to me. Cause not mm-hmm. only is there, an, is there no real variety in like the flow, there's also just isn't really in the inflection. As far as somebody like JID, I really like how it has that staccato vibe, but the variety of inflection and, and like, um, emotion and movement in his voice, I think is really apparent. And is very unique, I think, for modern, um, for like SoundCloud era. I know he didn't really blow up on SoundCloud. He kind of blew up through J. Cole, I think, right? I think so. And like Dreamville and stuff. But still that kind of like new new school rap era, I think it's pretty unique. Definitely. He has a very distinct voice. Um, you can tell him apart from most other rappers, most other artists in general. Yeah, he gets compared to Kendrick a lot, which I get the sort of like almost squeaky voice. Mm-hmm. I also am very impressed by rappers who can rap in a high – like J.I.D. maybe is not the best example. He only does it sometimes, but who can rap in a much higher register and still make it sound good because I feel like so often I'm just like much more attuned to rapping in like a deep voice. And it's really hard to make like a really high pitched squeaky voice sound really good. So I'm always like that much more impressed when when that happens. So he's a good example of somebody like that. Yeah, because you are you're a big fan of uh, of Young Thug, right? He kind of he's known for doing that of typically rapping in a higher pitch. Yeah, I like Young Thug a lot. Um, I'm not like the I'm not like a huge fan of him, but he's an artist I think that I really like because of the fact that I well first of all I like a lot of the topics that he talks about, but I also like. I don't know any artist that I think can kind of like, f- like move around in the lanes of the genre um, and kind of like defy expectations, but still make it sound like mainstream. Like that's why mm-hmm. I like Kendrick so much um, because of the fact that like his voice is like pretty whiny um, and he raps in a voice that's like that very often. And he is like arguably the best rapper right now. And even of all time, and so anybody who can kind of do that, I think, is like that much more impressive to me. Yeah, there's a um, there's a very popular TikTok song of this guy just kind of singing. It's almost like a Juice World esque song, kind of yeah. singing, and then just seamlessly starts going into rap, and it sounds so good. Like he's so yeah. it's such a clean transition, and I love that sound when artists can just go from singing to rap like it's nothing. That type of shit don't. 
type of shit is what make a hater when you got it out of mud, yeah. Ran it up, yeah. Really. Just so seamless, and they're not limited into either just singing or just being able to rap. They can do both flawlessly. And I think it sounds really good when the two are put together. Yeah, I think part of the fact um, that that doesn't work all the time is because the, like, origins of the genre, at least as far as, like, mainstream goes, so, like, the 90s, is, like, always, like, a deep voice. Like, it's always a lower register. Yeah. Which I think is... For a long time, I mean, I know I brought up Rico Nasty, so I brought up a pretty prominent female rapper right now, why women were not nearly as respected in the genre. Because mm. just by nature, their voices aren't quite as deep. And even now, if you look at a lot of the most popular female rappers, rap in a fairly low register. So like, I feel like I think of like Meg The Stallion as a good example of that. And that still mm -hmm. kind of is pretty prominent in the genre. So like Baby is somebody who raps in a very low register. And that's something that like resonates with people because of the fact that it was kind of the the birth of the genre. And I like how that's changing too with the growth of the genre. There's yeah. a lot of rappers who will go in a higher register or will sing a lot. Like I, like a lot of me wouldn't consider Juice World even a rapper. Like some people consider Post Malone a rapper, which is like that doesn't make any sense Definitely to me. Not. <laughs> um, but yeah, like somebody like Juice World, I feel like just because he uses a lot of instrumentation and beats and and trap sounds is kind of molded into that, but I wouldn't really consider him a rapper. No, not really. But you can still make that argument, and I like how how that's changing, and it's opening avenues for like just a, a larger, diverse crowd of artists for anybody, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and like you said earlier, the stereotypes of like men having to rap in, in a lower voice and women typically rapping in a higher voice, even that is really kind of going by the wayside i mean you have male artists who can do high octaves and low octaves just as well but then you also have within the female rap game you have people like doja cat and Nicki minaj who typically stay in higher right octave. but then you also have like young ma who is completely in like the lowest register like she has a very deep octave when she goes and it sounds amazing it sounds super yeah. good but you have more variation. You're not you're not just forced into these two camps. It's not like, oh, well, you're a female rapper. You have to rap in a high-pitched voice. It's just not like that anymore. Like, if you can rap well with a deep voice, you rap with a deep voice. If you can rap well with a higher voice, you rap with a higher voice. It's whatever you're able to, to produce at the highest level, essentially. Um, and I think that's allowed more versatility and more, honestly, more artists to, to gain traction. Yeah. I was talking to a friend one time a couple of years ago who's a really big rap fan and he was like a very like traditional rap fan, like gangster rap, quote unquote. And I think I played a Rico Nasty song. I don't know what I played. And he was like, I'm not against female rappers. I just don't think there are any good female rappers. And I was like, whoa, because I think that's just sort of somebody who looks at the genre as one thing. And there's a lot of like traditionalists in the rap genre, mm -hmm. um, like joe budden for example <laughs> um but it's such a changing and growing genre that is no longer like in the hands of a few people like now it's sort of like yep. the whole the people kind of decide what what it is and it's so different than what it has been and i think ultimately that's nothing but a good thing because of the fact that it's just like opening avenues for more people who are just very unique um compared to mm -hmm. the genre like one of the most famous 
kind of like or one of the most prolific hip hop R and B artists was Lauren Hill, who I like went back and revisited her uh, album Miseducation, and she's kind of forgotten about, but you still remember somebody like NWA or Wu Tang or Jay Z or whatever. Um, or even somebody like Remy Ma, like there's a lot of female rappers who really created this, like sort of our modern understanding of hip hop along with some of the really big rappers like Biggie and Tupac and stuff, but are kind of forgotten about, which is really unfortunate. And I think that just goes along with how rigid the genre had been for so long. And that kind of went along with some of the sexism that played out. And now I, I mean, in my opinion, I think some of the best rappers right now are, are women. Um, I thought the best rappers on the XXL list last year was were, were all the women, um, mm-hmm. which I think I'm, I'm very happy about. Yeah. Yeah, between rap becoming more versatile and things like SoundCloud becoming a huge platform for music, like almost anyone can get big now, basically regardless of what you sound like. Power to the people, baby. You'll always find a niche of people I mean, we have friends who post music on SoundCloud. Like, we have, you know, those people wouldn't be able to get their their art out there, their music out there, without something like SoundCloud, where you don't have to be a registered or verified artist. Anyone can make a SoundCloud account and put whatever they want up. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's awesome that anyone can can make a name for themselves. Totally. And pretty much regardless of what you sound like. Um, and I think one fifty one rum kind of segues into what I what my theme is for next week because Ooh, yeah. I still want to have like the high energy you took my theme for workout songs and 151 rum is one of my favorite party songs so I think my Ooh. genre for, for my idea for next week um, is party songs like the song that you would put on if you had the ox at like a big house party um, or even just like a small party with your friends with something just to get everybody going Awesome. And so that's my that's my topic for next week. I also want to say before we end this, we have like a very steady uh, listener base right now, which I'm very thankful for, very happy about. And yes, most of the people that listen, I we have both assumed because we can't really see all the analytics, uh, are people that we know. So if you listen to this podcast, please reach out to us. Let us know, <laughs> and also like let us know what you think. We don't have obviously like a like an email or anything because there's no need for it yet we're not that um (laughs) but if you have any like notes on the show ideas want to be on it um we're obviously open to to anything we'd love to hear from the people that listen so thank you for listening and and please reach out to us cool good night goodbye guys (laughs) good night good night so long stay safe be happy we love you